Shareable is part of C-Suite Radio. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that season two is going to be absolutely incredible because in season two, I have a co-host. Co-host, say hello. Hello. That's Caroline. She's now my co-host. So season two of Shareable is going to be a little bit different. We're still talking about people and technology, but we're going to go a little bit deeper, a master class. So grab your favorite pen. And your favorite piece of paper. And get ready to take some notes because this is Shareable. Hello, 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 shareable listeners. We're back. It's Jeff. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to go deep on a very important topic for all you business people out there. But first, let me tell you who's going to go there with us. Gita Nadkarni is on the line with us. Say hello, Gita. Hello. It's very nice for you to set aside the time. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Super cool. So uh, there are you're not going to believe this. I'm about to tell you something that you will not believe, but there are a few of our listeners who don't know who you are yet. So do us all a favor for those people who can't believe them. They don't know who you are or what you do. So introduce yourself. Tell them all about you. So the short story is that I'm a former journalist. Um, I've been a paid journalist since I was 12 years old and I'm now as of this recording, 37. So I've been in the industry a while in multiple countries. And uh, about three years ago, I decided to quit my nine to five. Well, actually, I was already unemployed because I'd been on maternity leave for two years at that point. And I basically decided that I had spent my entire life telling your stories, you as business owners, your stories to the public. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if... I could save all my journalist buddies from the horror that is their inbox filled with boring, horrendous press releases. What if I could help them out by helping them fill up their inbox with great story-based pitches? Sorry for the uh, the Greek chorus in the background here. Oh, no, that's <laughs> good. It gives us a nice soundtrack. At the <laughs> that's right. She's a real boss, by the way. Um, so, so, yeah, so that, that, you know, what if I could do that and I could help entrepreneurs save the thousands of dollars that they waste on PR agencies who are, you know, sending out old school style press releases that frankly suck and don't get anybody any press because the way that things work right now, the entrepreneurs are losing out because they're spending all this money and not getting their stories out. The journalists are losing out because they have to sift through 600 press releases a day and still sometimes struggle to find a good story to put on the air. The audience is losing out because they're missing out on all these fabulous stories that never get told. And so I thought, well, what if I could hack this and put together a course, an online program that anybody anywhere could take that would teach them how to position their message and do it in such a way that people really want to listen. And that way, you don't have to build your me- your audience on social media. You could do that if you want to. but a much quicker hack is to just borrow the audience that all these media outlets have created and then just get your story in front of them. And that's what we've used to create exponential growth in our own company. And that's what we're helping our students and members do. Yes, I want it. I want all of this. Shareable (laughs) listeners, here's why Geeta's here. She's going to tell you how we do that. That's what's going to happen today. 
Oh my God, I'm excited. That whole pitch yeah. was just beautiful. Man, you really have a knack for this. You should really consider uh-huh. doing something about this professionally. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's pretty good. much what I thought at the beginning because I was, no, you don't understand. Coming off of two years of maternity leave where literally my entire life revolved around brushing other people's teeth and wiping their butts. <laughs> I really was in a panic. And I was like, man, the only thing I know how to do is tell stories. And how the heck am I supposed to monetize that? And I was <laughs> genuinely awesome. in a panic until a friend of mine invited me to do a talk to, uh, he was putting together a little event of local entrepreneurs. And I went and I told them basically what I wish what I think a lot of journalists wish that entrepreneurs out there knew when it comes to pitching and people in the back were scribbling frantically and taking notes and all that stuff. And literally in the next two weeks, I got back the most ridiculous testimonials from nonprofits and small businesses who were like, we got more press in the last two weeks than we have in the entire eight years that we've been around. And it was the easiest thing we've ever done. And I was like, huh. Maybe I do know something. It was kind of nice. I like that. I was at a PR firm before I started my company, and I was personally amazed at – because it was my first experience with PR. I was amazed that that's what the industry looked like with with actually sending press releases and, right? and the way that journalists were pitched because I was like, I would not read this. And now being on the receiving end of – I get pitches all the time as a blogger and a podcaster – where yep. I get these really terrible, canned, barely thought out form letter <laughs> yeah. things. And I'm like, does this work for anyone? Apparently, I guess it does work now and again. But when we started Only doing- Only if you're a Kardashian, really. Well, yeah. <laughs> but when we started doing our own um, like influencer outreach, and we started trying to find like bloggers and social media personalities, I just decided that I was going to throw out everything I had ever seen. And our approach was, what if we talk to people? This is going to be like shocking, so everyone brace yourselves. What if we talk to people just like we talk to our friends, like normal human beings, like we actually appreciate what they – we don't say like, hey, I was looking at your blog, fill in the blank, different font, and I read your story, (laughs) fill in story title that I didn't actually read. And what if we said like, yo, for real, I actually did just spend like 20 minutes on your blog and I can totally prove it. But also your content rocks and you seem like a totally awesome person. Uh, would you be down for us having just a quick chat? Because I'm working with a really cool client. I'd love to tell you about him. And I think it's right up your alley. If not, no bigs. And the response we were getting to like that type of a tone was like, it blew away anything I saw while I was at the PR firm. So I'm super stoked for ourselves internally to learn what you know, because we're going to use it and take our company to the next level. So (laughs) before we get into it, what do you think is the first so, – so just to clarify for those of you listening, today what we're going to talk about, what Gita is going to show us and what we're going to learn is how you can fire your expensive PR firm and get your own press. She's going to show you the ways. But first, That's she has right. to tell you the, the thing that you're all doing wrong. What are people <laughs> doing wrong right now, Gita, that you want them to just stop doing so you can correct it? If you've ever felt the urge to send out a press release, just take a hammer and smack yourself with it. God. This is a strict warning. For any children listening who are highly impressionable, please do not grab any hammers and hit yourself in the head. Um, No, but seriously, the biggest, biggest mistake that you can make uh, if you want to impress a, a journalist, any kind of media professional, an influencer, a big name blogger, a podcaster, is to send out a generic press release. And, you know, 
if we have a little time, I'd love to rewind and give you a, a really good, compelling reason for that. So this is not just my opinion. This is not just because I happen to have interviewed literally hundreds of journalists and bloggers and podcasters, etc., while putting together my program, and they all unequivocally hate the press release. I really want you to understand what the press release is. And most PR professionals can't even answer this question. Well, what is the press release? Why was it invented? Now, the press release, when it was invented, was an extremely innovative thing. It was very, very cool. And it was invented by this guy called Ivy Lee. And he had one of the very earliest PR agencies. And he hacked a very important problem at the time. You see, at the time in 1906, let's just pause for a second here and think about how different (laughs) the media industry was in 1906 as opposed to now when you're listening to this. Right. So in 1906, the problem that a lot of journalists faced was that they had to go out and pound the pavement and knock on doors and find what was going on in their communities. So they had, it was very time consuming to go out there and find out what the heck the story of the day was. So what Ivy Lee did is that he put together the most basic recipe for what would a journalist would require to put together a story. And he brought it to the journalists. So it was the, the typical, you know, what they call the five W's, the who, what, when, where, why, and the how, the A to silent, go figure. Um, so, yeah, so he basically brought it to them. Now, the problem is if you fast forward and you look at everything that's happened since 1906 in the media world, we now have digital and we have 24-7 news and we have network t- television and, uh, you know, social media on top of everything. Journalists now have the exact opposite problem. There are too many stories coming at them and most of them suck. So if you're using some, so so if you were to use a press release, you'd basically be using something that was created to, to hack the opposite problem of what journalists have today. And that's why I think it is the absolute worst thing that you can do. And the reason for that is because it is, like I said, the most basic recipe that you could possibly imagine. Imagine your little basic cardboard muffin, right? A journalist would have to be freaking starving to reach for that over, you know, when they have a smorgasbord of these beautifully iced cupcakes just waiting for the taking. Damn it, now I want a cupcake, Gita. (laughs) Right? Be a cupcake. That's that's the best advice I've ever gotten. Be a cupcake. Be not a cardboard cupcake, a real cupcake. A real cupcake. It's fantastic. So, yeah, so I want you to be juicy. I want you to be compelling. I want you to be something that people are, you know, I want you to be able to tell your story in a way that makes people's eyes light up and their body language change and they get animated and they get excited to be a part of what you do or they get so interested in what you say that they lean towards you and their eyebrows go up. That's what we want. And you're not going to get that by answering the questions who, what, when, where, why, how. Do you understand? So so the first, <laughs> the first uh, thing that you should do is ditch the press release and write a story-based pitch. Ugh. Amazing. Okay. So I'm sold and now I want you to teach me how. So we're going to use the silent uh, H how, and Mm -hmm. you're going to tell us how to do that. So take us through it. Let's go step by step 
for anybody that's listening right now, I want this to be the moment where you pull over and pull out that pad of paper and the pen. Uh, if you're listening while driving or if you're listening while running, please stop exercising and get ready to take notes because Geet is about to drop that knowledge Immediately. On you. Just pull over right now. Immediately. Just right now. That's right. Forget about it. This is the cupcake part of the This is the cupcake. You can walk out later. You're killing me with that cupcake thing. Okay. So teach, teach us how to be a cupcake. All right. So. Um, and by the way, you know, there are different variations. We actually created templates based on uh, pitches that actually work. So I would call, I basically call up my journalist buddies. This is how I know all this stuff, by the way, is not just from my own experience. I didn't want my program to be my opinion. I get on the phone and I get on Skype on a regular basis, weekly basis, interviewing people like uh, Jason Pfeiffer, who runs Entrepreneur the magazine and James Ledbetter who runs Inc. the magazine and Laura Lobo, who's their senior managing editor, et cetera. And this is what they tell me is working for them based on their inbox today, based on their analytics today. So here's the deal. Um, you want to create a story-based pitch. And what that's going to basically look like is you're going to spend a huge chunk of your time Laura Loba likes to say it's between 50 and 90% of the total time that you spend doing this. So let's say you're going to be carving out 20 minutes to do this. If you use one of our templates, it'll take you 15 minutes. But let's say you're doing this for, from scratch for the very first time. I would say budget about 40 minutes to get this right if this is not a muscle that you use on a regular basis. Okay, you are going to spend half or 90% of that time, up to between half and 90% of that time, writing just the subject line. Because when that subject line, imagine imagine your typical, you know, pressed for time influencer or overworked journalist. They're scrolling, not even on their computer, but often on their mobile device. And they've got, they're getting hundreds of pitches a day. And they're just scrolling like candy, right? So you want to be able to stop them in their tracks and grab their attention. And the good news about this is that if you think about what a journalist actually is, they're just a, a whole bunch of curiosity poured into shoes. They've found a way to monetize that curiosity. You can use that for yourself. So ask a really compelling question. You know, give them a really weird, funny statistic. Um, so for example, we had a, a, a doctor He's a gastrointestinal specialist, and his area of specialty was, <laughs> brace yourself, irritable bowel syndrome. If you ever thought your job sucked, think about his. <laughs> <Yes>. okay. <laughs> so, so when he was writing a pitch, what he came up with was 69% of your viewers struggle with this hidden epidemic. So 69% of your viewers struggle. Imagine that is what is going to show up in that mobile. The, the rest of it is probably going to be hidden because it was a long subject yep. line. You want to also think about that. So I've just given you another hint here is front load your headline or subject line, which means that it, if you see just the first four or five words, they should be in compelling enough that makes the journalist want to click on it to find out what the heck the rest of the words are and or the rest of the pitch. And let me just say real quick that I'm thinking like, you know, light, light years down the road on this, but when they eventually write that and then they share it on Twitter, that same sort of headline is going to be able to capture people's attention. So if you take some of that work out for them of giving them something that's compelling just by the way you pitch them, it could potentially be the same thing that they use in their social, which helps to drive more people to actually pay attention to it on social. Bingo. And you actually hit on the 
litmus test. Oh my God, that's so dated. But you basically, you've, you've, you've hit, hit on the exact test that this journalist, without even realizing it, is unconsciously using. Because if you made him stop in his tracks and click on that, he's going to understand on a subconscious level that that is clickbaity enough that his audience is going to do that too. Yes. Usually so journalists... Good. Right? Like podcasters, journalists, we are very often our own audience. We are the gatekeeper to that. We have a very deep visceral understanding of what makes our audience stop in their tracks and take notice. And so if you can do that to me, then I'm quite convinced that I'm going to be able to amplify that and do that to my audience because I'm even more obsessed with social sharing than you are. Right? Because yeah. yeah. that's what the media is. The media is more obsessed with social sharing than any of us. So I, I, uh, this might be a bit confusing. I, I realize I sometimes switch sides because I'm like, oh, I'll just play whichever team's winning. So sometimes I'm the journalist. Sometimes I'm the business owner. I switch sides a little bit. Sorry if that's confusing. But no, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I, I think what makes you uh, good at this is probably that you do deeply understand both sides of it. And, and uh, if you only ever worked in journalism or if you only ever worked in PR, you would only know that side of it and, uh, and, and you would probably not be as effective. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So play both so, sides. It's fine by me. There you go. So now that you've hacked your subject line and what I like to get people to do uh, is to write out four or five versions and you're going to hate my guts. I promise you, you're going to freaking <laughs> hate me when you sit down to actually do this because it sounds really easy when I'm talking to you right now, but it sucks. It's, Big time. It certainly isn't easy. Jeff's actually had me do this very activity uh, in the process of working on an article that I was writing. We do and, this for like all blog posts. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's that was the context that we were doing it. It was annoying, but we did land on a good good title for yeah. it. <laughs> because what I've noticed, what I've noticed, like a lot of different things, is the first few things, the first surface level things that come out are good. If you're good at this, they might suck if you're not good at this, or some days will be bad and some days will be easy, just like anything. Um, but often it's when you really force yourself to dig deeper is when you will get that huge flash of insight that's really going to make you stand out from the crowd. That's really going to help that, that click happen for the audience where, you know, the thing that I have gotten famous for is messaging in such a way or talking about the pain points and the struggles of my ideal prospects in such a way that people will come up to me when I speak, they will come up to me and they'll say, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up when you said that, because I literally thought that last night, it's like a sign from the universe. And I'm like, yep, except <laughs> I have a questionnaire and that's part of my program that's designed to find these signs. And then I deliberately write them into my marketing. I write them into my speeches. It's very, very deliberate and you can do this. And one of the things that I tell people to do is to really listen, listen to your clients, listen to your prospects, ask them the right questions where they're going to reveal to you the pain points. And then I actually take notes or I sometimes record the, the interviews so that I have the actual words that people use. Because oftentimes we will substitute with a more industry term that makes us come, feel more credible or a sexier word because, you know, the word that they use is maybe not as polished as a word that I would come up with as a wordsmith. And all of that is useless and actually sets you back because what you really want to do is what we call active listening, right? It's a, it's a, it's a therapy tool, which is where you parrot back to 
the other person to the person that you are actively listening to exactly what they said. And I say, I hear you. I see you. I understand your pain very deeply. And that is why I designed this. And that is why I, you know, created this or whatever it is. So that's one thing to, to keep in your back pocket. That's it, it's effective uh, in a sales context. It's really effective when you're designing sound bites, if you're doing you know, a podcast interview or a TV interview or whatever it is you're doing. Um, in this context, you can, you can use some of this in the headline or in the subject line that you create. Then what you're going to do is you're going to go into the email. So a question I often get from people is, is it always an email? I would say 90% of the time it's an email. Paper pitches are kind of dead. You know, unless you have a very sexy product and you're sending it as part of a package, then yes, it would make sense to do it on paper. But otherwise, you're going to be doing this via email probably 99% of the time. You say hi, and then you put in the person's name and you make sure you spell it right. Moment That's of pause probably, here. That's oh my God, pause for emphasis here. Uh, hello, sir. <laughs> oh my God, I've been called Mr. Gita, I don't know how many times, uh, or I get called Greta because that's what autocorrect does. Amazing. My phone still calls me Greta. I'm just like, Siri, why? <laughs> All right, well, Gita, let me ask you one thing. Before we go further, I want to back up because I have a, a question for you, and I'm sure right now somebody uh, out there listening is thinking about it. So, so you've got a great headline. You've thought about in some way like a story that you want to talk about, and you're about to compose an email. Take me back a little bit before that. Where are we sending this to? Who are we sending it to? Why are we sending it? Like, let's go back to a, a few steps. What happens first? Like, before you get okay, to the good. point where you're ready to do it, Talk to us about like how do you even think about going about and starting this process? Great question. Okay, so we had gotten, yeah, we got sucked into what to do instead of a press release. But you're right. There are two steps that precede the writing of the email. Step one, thank you for getting us on track. <laughs> Step one is making sure that you understand, well, what are your business goals? Now, too often, and especially with PR agencies, I'll see people do press as kind of a vanity project. It's, it's almost like a, well, let me see if I can, right? Or I have the budget and I know press is good, but I don't really know anything about it. And it kind of scares me. So I'm just going to run in there. I'm going to get, I'm going to get whatever press I can. I'm going to be <laughs> proud and it's not going to make me any money. Then I'm going to be pissed and it's going to be someone else's fault. Mm. And this is typically what I see going on. PR agencies don't always ask the right questions. And then we don't know to ask. We don't know which questions to ask. You don't know what you don't know if you've never played in this field before. So here's what you need to know. You need to understand what are your business goals. Now, I'd like you to choose between, let's say you want to build credibility, because one of the things that the media can do for you is build your credibility very quickly, because it's one thing for you to say that you're awesome and an authority in your field. And it's come some quite different when Forbes says it, right? It's Definitely. quite different when, yeah, when you go on television and Ellen turns to you as the leading expert in your space. It's yep. just a different weight. People feel much more relaxed around trusting you with their time, with their energy, with their money. When somebody that is trustworthy, the me and think about what the media has done, right? The media has invested a huge amount of time and energy and money and resources in building trust with the public. And what you're going to be doing is leveraging that. Because when you're in the same sentence as them, even Google notices it. 
you get to leverage their SEO. You get to leverage all of the, the, the backlinks and everything. So when they link back to your website, your website goes way up in search results. And, and think about how, what that does for your credibility with your customers and with prospects. Somebody out there just heard about you and Googles you, instead of just finding your social profiles and your LinkedIn and your website, they're going to see that you've been featured in the New York Times and Inc. and Entrepreneur and Forbes and all of these other places. That's going to be like, wow, how did I not? And I hear this all the time. They're like, how the hell did I not hear about you before? And I'm like, because I've only been around doing this for like three years. But <laughs> But the New York Times has me in there. So there you go. And then and then people are like, wow, I want to play with you. Heck, you've only been doing this for three years and you're still everywhere. Yes. OK, then it becomes a much, much easier conversation. So mm -hmm. the first thing you want. to, So that's credibility. The second thing is maybe you want immediate sales. The reason I ask you to get clear about what your actual goal is, is because sometimes doing a small, very highly targeted podcast can bring you more sales, more leads to your email list, more of those conversions in the immediate term than getting on, say, Good Morning America, because that audience is much more diffuse. Mm -hmm. That audience is much more spread out, right? So yeah. if you... So, you have it, and obviously you want both. You're like, I want sales and I want credibility. And I want okay everything cool. and I the cupcake. <laughs> and the cupcake, that's right. Um, but, and you can have it all and you will have it all as you stay consistent with your media. So if you're willing to be consistent and put in the work, you will have it all. It all accumulates like everything in life, fitness, money, the whole nine yards. It is exponential in the way that it accumulates. It, it is uh, compounded. It compounds itself. Yep. And, and I'm, so I'm right there with you on this because I, sorry to interrupt, but I, I, I've noticed that, um, you know, we talk to a lot of different prospects and, and they just come to us and they just want social media. Just like when you go to a PR firm, they want press. But to your point that what you want people to know about you, it's like the conversation when, when they say we want more brand awareness. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want people to be aware about your brand about? So you have to kind of ask those questions, those probing deeper questions so that you can figure out what's the right direction to go. And to your point, if you're trying to get sales, or you're trying to build credibility, those two things might be very different in how you approach them. It might be the venue you choose to go to might be different. The story you choose to tell might be different. Absolutely. So I'm 100% with you that first start with those business goals, then figure out, you know, what's the, I guess, what's the strategy to, to, to go and get that. And when it comes to press, I'd imagine that there's different ways you do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, figure out if immediate sales are, is your is your goal, if brand awareness is your goal or if credibility is your goal, because you're going to be you're going to be getting some there's there's none of them are completely exclusive. They all sort of wash into each other. But if you understand that for the next 30 to 60 days, you're going to be focusing on one of those as your primary target. And then you can have the other two as sort of secondary, then it will help you stay focused and not feel overwhelmed with how you pitch and how many pitches you send out and who you send them out to. So once you figure that out, um, understand that, okay, so now you're going to be, now hopefully you have a clear understanding. I'm going to assume that you have a clear understanding of who your ideal client is. And this goes, we have a process in the Baby Got Booked program that really, again, has questionnaires and things like that, that we've built that actually work to go really deep into well, you know, beyond the typical client avatar, you know, it's like, yes, they have so-and-so demographics and so-and-so psychographics and whatnot, but, you Susie know, what is, mom. yeah, exactly. But they're like, but what does, what, what actually makes Susie soccer mom finally pull the trigger and give you her credit card number? No idea. Right. Cause you're just guessing. 
You understand who she is, but you have no idea why she does what she does. And I found that to be a big, fat, hairy hole that I was like, this is a dumb way to run a business. I want to know the answer to that. So, (laughs) right. So we, I did a whole bunch of research, a whole bunch of reading, and I got a whole bunch of business coaching. And then we put all of that into a series of questionnaires that we used ourselves. We're like, holy crap, this works. Then we put it in the program. So I, well, I'm not going to make you give that away for free, but um, we're going to, because I think persona building and audience demographics and audience <laughs> research, it's a whole topic. Yeah, like we'd, have, we'd have to have you on for an entirely different deep dive. But for all those listening, assume that you need to know who your audience is and what's really yes. important about them, what they like and what motivates them and all that sort of stuff. But we're going to assume for this case that you've already we done that. that. So now you know your exactly. business goals and what you're trying to achieve. You know who your audience is. What's next? Exactly. So now you figure out and picking up the phone or sending an email or two is the best way to do this. Figure out what media they consume and ask them not just for like, sometimes people get hung up on media being just about TV or just about magazines. And it's a lot of different things these days. It's it's TV, it's magazines, it's big name blogs, it's digital media, it's newspapers, it's, you know, it could be trade publications. So if you belong to an association, you know, often dentists will have their own trade publications, luxury magazines, you know, running stores have their own um, um, media that they put out, et cetera, et cetera. So find out where they are spending a bulk of their time and what are they consuming and what influences them. So some of it will be they actually read the Harvard Business Journal and they're like, yeah, I read this thing every day and I love, I, I learn a lot from it. And some of it will be like, wow, the Harvard Business Journal, you got coverage in there. That's amazing. They that will shoot your credibility through the roof, even though they don't ever read the Harvard Business Journal. So understand that there's a little bit of both and you might want to have a nice mix of the outlets. So if you interview a bunch of different um, of your ideal prospects, assuming you have different types of prospects, you want to you want to get two to three from each different bucket, if you will. Then you're going to have a list, hopefully with some overlap. And then you'll be like, all right, so a whole bunch of them watch Good Morning America, a whole bunch of them, you know, follow this particular influencer on YouTube, a whole bunch of them read this particular mommy blog. And you're like, all right, I got to get there. I got to get on that show. I got to get listened to, you know, I have to get on this podcast. And then you have a short list. You make a short list out of that of all the media outlets that you want to pitch. Now you're going to start that deep dive research that we talked about where you're actually treating these influencers and these decision makers as real human beings. So you're going to go and actually listen to the show. You're actually going to read the magazine. You're going to read or you're going to Google the journalists and find out who's writing about your topic, who's writing in that vein and see what. So there are a couple of different things you looking for here. A, you're looking for who the person is and what their name is, because that's going to help you find their email address. The second thing you're looking for is what have they already covered? If you pitch them something they've already covered, you're going to get that delete finger. I can guarantee it. Um, The other thing is when you find out what they've already covered that is similar to what you're doing, then it allows you to start having a deep, intelligent conversation with them. Because then when you email them and, you know, when we get into writing that pitch, it's going to be like, hey, John, I loved your piece on uh, feminism in the classroom. One thing, you know, I, I loved that quote from blah, blah, blah. And then you can actually be very specific. So it shows them that you've done your research. And then you can say, you know, one thing you never mentioned or one thing I never hear anybody mention is... And that's going to be like, hey, wait a minute, you know, what did I leave out? 
Now, all of a sudden, you've got my full attention. Yeah, what did I leave out and what did everybody else miss that I could potentially get the scoop on? Bingo. Exactly. And then, boom, you hit them with your headline. And then you give them a bit of context. So one of the things that I teach all of my students is you want to answer the questions, why now? Why is this happening? Why is this interesting right now? If you think about most of the stories that go on in a in a 12 month period let's say what that journalists cover the producers producers cover a lot of it our lives are so cyclical right the valentine's day story in in feb the new year's eve resolution story in jan the christmas story the back to school story the summer vacation story blah 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 a lot of it is very cyclical you, you ever want proof google any magazine hit the image tab and you'll see all the feb ones talk about the same stuff all the match ones talk about the same stuff. And what you want to do is give those tired journalists something fresh. You want to give them uh, an exciting new way to tell that same tired story. And so the question, why now? And I have a whole video about this that we can share perhaps in the, in the um, show notes uh, is, you know, it could be what is seasonal right now? Is there an awareness day about it? There's a Hallmark holiday for just about everything these days. Um, <laughs> You know, did a celebrity suddenly do something that's related to your topic? You're a dating coach. Somebody got divorced and it's a huge high profile divorce. That's an opportunity to talk about the mistakes that they made or how to divorce proof your marriage and not end up like fill in the blank with the celebrity's name. You don't have to have worked with the celebrity. They don't have to have anything to do with it. The producer, though, is looking for a way to take this big celebrity story and bring it home in a way that's relevant to her audience. And you're helping her hack that problem. So that's the why now part. If there's a big breaking news story, you know, we have templates for that. That's how that works. Then you want to be talking about why is this relevant? Why does this specific audience care about this? I gave you the example of the gastroenterologist who, um, you know, said 69% of your viewers. We found a stat that said 69% of, of IBS sufferers were women. And we knew that that particular morning television show skewed heavily to the female viewer. So we were like, bingo. Now, you know, if something affects more than half of my audience, hell, I want to know about it, right? I want to be, in, I'm at least interested in finding out what the story is, especially if it's a hidden or a silent epidemic. Mm -hmm. So that's how that would work. So you show that it's relevant to this particular audience, give them a stat, a well-researched stat, and hotlink that stat to the study that you found it in so that you're saving that journalist the trouble of, Googling it, they may not take the time if you're not compelling enough. So if you make it really easy, again, you're, you're getting in the door much, much quicker. Mm -hmm. And then something that we do that I don't know anybody else that does this is we will insert an image in the body of the email. So not as an attachment. This is not a PDF, by the way. I just want to be super clear about this. You're typing this out in an email and then you drag and drop an image um, I don't remember the exact stats off the top of my head, but it's around uh, 400 pixels wide around that. That's the best for mobile, somewhere in that vicinity. Again, we have a template um, that we can talk about later in the in the show and you can get it for free. So, you know, you can get all that figured out. So we have an image there and then you go into the meat of what you're sharing, your three tips, your four tips, your five tips, whatever it is, or the bullet points that show you, show the producer rather, that you are you are organized enough in your thinking that you're able to break it down into clear takeaway for the audience. Then, and only then, do they finally care, well, who is this person? 
why should I listen to them? That's when you put in your bio and your contact information and you end the pitch. Well, it just sounds easy enough, right? <laughs> it ain't that hard. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me ask you this about the image question about the image. Cause this came to my mm. mind. Mm. Have you found that that ever inhibits your ability to hit the inbox because of some of the spam blockers that, that block images or, uh, it, like what's the reasoning behind that? I'm just curious. Right. So I want you to imagine when you, when you think about what I outlined, you have your little, your high Tom and in the, you know, at the very top, you have your little connection paragraph there, two or three sentences where you talk about their work and how it sets the context for your email. Then you have a big, bold headline. You have two, parag- two short paragraphs of context. You have an image and you have bullet points in the end. That's a finished piece. They can see it. The, the look that just came over Jeff's face of, oh, it all clicks. Actually, that makes total sense. That makes perfect sense. You basically sent them a completed piece. Got it. Pretty and then, much. Well, so here's what clicked. I was like, uh, I was listening to you say that. And then uh, I just thought story-based pitching. And I was like, oh, well, that now that makes perfect sense now. <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. So I yeah. totally now understand I, that. I could basically see the light bulb click on. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's the whole idea is that by giving people what they genuinely want that actually helps them, you're making it really easy to say yes to you, right? Now, a journalist's job or a podcaster's job is not to run an ad for you. It's not to promote your product or your idea or your service. It is to help their audience have a better life. You wouldn't have me on your podcast if I wasn't providing genuine value in a way that is actually implementable. Same deal. That's pretty universal. And and what you want, and, and God knows every journalist that I've ever spoken to has a horror story from their career about the person who looked amazing on paper. They're like, great credentials. They've done it a bajillion years. And then they're boring as dog shit. And you're like, oh my God, he's been talking for seven minutes and I still don't have one soundbite. How the hell am I going to edit this? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I've had that. I, it happens. Yeah, and so definitely. The, the reason you want to break it down into those bullet points is because it proves beyond a shadow of a doubt. First of all, it helps you clarify your ideas and you will notice. And by the way, if this happens to you, please don't feel like a failure. It happens to everybody, even us super um, experienced people who do this all the time, it'll still happen. I'll write a killer headline. Okay. I'm like, yeah, baby, this is so clicky. I can't take it. Okay. And then I'll start writing the bullet points and I have, let's say five tips in my headline and I can't get past bullet point three (laughs) happens all the time. So if that happens to you, just know this is a normal part of the process, just go back up, delete five and put three, you know, just do that. (laughs) Or sometimes that pitch will die on the table. And it's a good thing because it died on your table and not someone else's table. There you go. Then you can just start again. All right. So let me ask you the follow-up because that's what I want to talk about, the Mm follow-up. So now you've, let's assume that we've done everything that you said. Okay. So now I've sat down, I've thought about my business goal and I want to get more um, exposure that builds credibility as us as an expert in our field. We Mm -hmm. say that that's our goal, right? And we sit down and we spend a a ton of time just thinking about different headlines of how we can position a story about us or or something that's relevant to an audience about a particular topic, the importance of social video or why podcasting is the next big movement in business development, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. We come up Mm -hmm. with this great story. We write out this, we we figure out where the people that we're trying to reach um, are are spending their time watching media. So they go to the Philadelphia Business Journal, the Wall Street Journal, um, and, you know, they look at these 
you know, 10 publications watch these three shows. We, we narrow it down to our short list of four, we start watching those, we start listening to them, we start looking over everything, we've got our list, we know what these people are about, we get some emails, we send out this thing, crickets. No one, no one gets back to us. Now, now, now this could assume that we had terrible headlines. Uh, it could assume that maybe they just haven't seen it or maybe it's bad timing or any number of different things. There, yes. there could be things that happen. Yes. What is the appropriate method of either following up with that journalist? Is it to send them a news story? Is it to say, hey, did you get my thing I sent? Is it to send it again? Is it to try a different angle? What's your next move and how frequently should you be touching these uh, journalists and people that you're trying to get in front of with new ideas if they don't respond to the first? Because I'm sure, I'm positive of it, that in the journalists you've spoken to, they all have stories of some jerk that just won't leave them alone with some crappy story that they're just not interested in. And if we did yeah. our homework, that shouldn't happen. But let's say that just the first one just didn't hit the mark at the right time. They don't get back to you. What's the next move? Got it. Okay, great question. I'm so glad you asked this. I'm going to uh, give you a little bit of context to to help you. And then I'm going to answer the question directly. So the context piece is um, local is often the easiest to break into because national is inundated with stories from everywhere, international even more so. But local, usually those journalists are freaking starving. Okay. They get like, they get the dregs. They get like, it has to be in a certain geographical area. And if it's a slow news day, it's like somebody's dog got lost and you're like, oh God, I'm doing the lost dog story. They're, oh, they're out there eating muffins every day. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cardboard cupcakes. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. a callback. That's right. Oh, I love it, Caroline. <laughs> Applause. Thank you. So... That's exactly right. So they're much more likely to be eating muffins. And P.S., their primary agenda is to highlight local heroes, local success stories, local interesting tidbits or happenings or whatnot. So you're, again, much, much more easily aligned at multiple, on multiple levels with a local news outlet. Plus, your very, very big uh, media outlets may not be willing to touch you until you've proven your chops at least a little bit. And one of the sound bites that I created is when the media already loves you, the media loves you more. It's just like, you know, when you finally get married, all the good looking people come out and hit on you and you're like, where the hell were you for the last 10 years? <laughs> right? It's like that. So it's like, first, no one wants to touch you and then you get successful and everyone's like, hey, you want to play? So... A great way to start that media snowball is to pitch your local news, your local magazines, your local newspapers. And once you get that, and you'll be shocked. We've had several success stories from our group of people who landed a feature in their local business journal or, you know, local newspaper in the business section. Then that story got picked up and syndicated across the country by Associated Press their phones rang off the hook. We had one company blow up to seven figures in less than 12 months from one article. The first what? pitch out. No joke. No joke. I'm telling you, exponential growth. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> this is it. what we do. I'm in. All right. So, so, so yeah, back to context. So that's the context. So, so try for local. And then, then you have some video to share. You have something to put on your media page. It's, it's a much easier sell, et cetera. It's a good way to build momentum. So that way you have a few harder sort of media outlets that you're going for and you have a few easier ways to build momentum. So that's what I was going to say. And then to answer your question directly about the follow-up, I 100% agree. Um, I can't tell you the number of times as a journalist, and this is 
shocking, I'm sure. Um, journalists are not necessarily the most organized people on the planet. I know. <laughs> I know. So I can't tell you the number of times that I have been super interested in a pitch, super excited about a pitch, but I'm running out the door to do a different story on that day. And then I come home and completely forget, completely forget. I, mean, I was interested. I wanted it and I just can't remember. And so when that person pitches me again, so what I typically like to do is I use Gmail. So I have a G Suite account. So it's my custom URL. It's geetadgeetanatkarni.com. And um, I have Boomerang, which is an app that you can get. And it's there's a free version and a paid version. And what that does is it basically brings back an email to your inbox if you don't hear back in a certain, and you can set the, the interval. So if I don't hear back in, depending on how pressing the story is, three days, a week, whatever it is, then that email will pop back up and I will follow up. And what I do is the first time around I send out, I say, hey, listen, uh, I don't know if, if you saw this. Sometimes I'll change out the subject line. Can I share a really cool trick? I usually save this for my members, so listen up. Um, put the name of your journalist in the subject line and say, so, you know, it would be like, Melanie, I'm your biggest fan. Or Melanie, I loved your piece on XYZ, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you've changed out the topic. Everything else about that piece could be the same. About that pitch could be the same. You say, you know, I'm following up from, I, I wrote you last week and I never heard back. And then you just go back into the rest of whatever it was that you'd written the last week. And then I'm going to give a piece of advice here that you'll either echo or disagree with, but don't do a clickbaity headline and then not follow through on it. So don't be like, Megan, I caught your, or like Melanie, I caught your husband cheating. Just kidding. I just wanted to get your attention. <laughs> like, don't do no, that. No, God, no. Not don't like that. do that. That's bad. Don't <laughs> yeah, do no, it. Because totally. I've seen people that are like, oh, we'll just, we'll put in this like, you know, super like, oh, you have to open a clickbaity thing and be like, just kidding. Right. Like, don't do that. Yeah, no, you that that will erode your credibility right away. Yeah, what I form. what I meant was, if you're using that name, it would be more, more saying, yeah, much more personalized and much more valuable. Where you're giving them kudos, or you're saying, "I loved your piece about blah blah blah," or you know, you won't, you know, something like that, where you're you're showing that you're an active listener, an right. active consumer of their content. Mm-hmm. This is not about you. So let me put that out there. This is not... This, Can we have this claps trick? for that? This is not about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, it's almost never about you. It's always about the audience. It's always about the journalists. It's pretty much never about you. That's uh, the true story, but there you have it. Yeah, but by um, it not being about you, it becomes about you. Right. It does. So and it gets to nice? you. You know what's nice about it not being about you is it takes all the pressure off. You don't have to be credible. The story has to be credible. The oh, issue has that. to be credible. Isn't that freaking awesome? I feel lifted yeah. immediately. Of all my yeah, that's good. That's good. So the follow-up is a good thing. So so you can follow up. You say, you know, 100%. Melanie, this and that. So because, you know, I think of it like sales. If you're trying to sell something, just because they didn't respond to your proposal in three days doesn't mean that they don't want to do business with you. They just might not exactly. have seen your proposal. So exactly. what, what do you think is sort of just in, you know, uh, I guess a best practice or your best advice on what is reasonable for following up versus you've just become a weird stalker? <laughs> Um, wildly variable, depending on the topic, depending on the newsworthiness of the situation and depending on the outlet. So, um, this is why we have a whole module dedicated to this topic in the course, but short answer is 
you know, if if it's breaking news, let's say, you know, there's a, been a ra- breaking news, there's been a rash of people being kidnapped for their organs and you happen to be an ethics expert. We actually had something like this happen. No joke. People were <laughs> I was not like, being. That's people a very were, <laughs> random example. <laughs> no, people were not being kidnapped for their kidneys. But there was um, there was a breaking news story about a man who had basically given his kidney, and then the family had paid to his hospital expenses and so on. And now he was literally being prosecuted for giving up his kidney to like a complete stranger because he had quote unquote accepted money and that's illegal. But it was literally just to cover his medical expenses anyway. And, you know, my friend, the ethics expert, Bruce Weinstein was called upon. So he pitched himself for this. And so, so in, in a situation like this, you can follow up the same day because it's breaking news and they need to tell that story right now. And 48 hours from now, this is not going to be news anymore. Mm-hmm. So you can follow up that same day. You can pick up the phone and call. There are no rules when it's that hot a topic. Um, on the other hand, if it's more of an evergreen story or if you're pitching several weeks in advance, you might want to give it, you know, three or four business days. We actually have a calendar where we put all the follow-ups, like we actually tell you which day to pitch and which day to follow up and all of that stuff. I'm not going to share that. No, no. IP, hold on to some yeah. of it, Gita. Come <laughs> on. Right. I, we appreciate all of the value, but you got to hold on to some of it. Make them wait for it. Um, right. Okay. So I think this is a really easy step-by-step process for people to follow. Um, there's obviously too much in this whole, I mean, even if we just went down any of these things, you know, ha, who is your ideal, um, target prospect that could be a whole deep dive by itself. If we're looking at mm-hmm. how to find out which, um, outlets people are influenced by, and then which are the ones that they actually read, that could be a whole module. And then figuring out what your story angle is and how to create that and craft that and, you know, how to newsjack and follow the media so that you can be relevant that's a topic unto itself. I'd mm-hmm. imagine, and I could be wrong about this, but I'd imagine you actually have some resources for people. So now that we've gone through the whole step-by-step, I want to thank you, first of all, for coming on to the show. Yeah, thank and you for, so much. For providing all this. This is like a really kick-ass um, uh, methodology that you've laid out. I'm, I'm already feeling anxious about trying to install this in our own company. And <laughs> I know, I've been like taking notes yeah. in my <laughs> God, I know it's going to be tough, but <laughs> but we will find time. Uh, but but I know that you help people with this. So I want to give you the chance right now to just make this all about you. You know, you, you do this. I want you to tell people what you do. I want you to tell people where they can find out more about you, where they can work with you, where they can get more resources from you, whatever it might be. Now is your time to just talk about yourself shamelessly. Go for it. Love it. it. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been such a blast. Um, you know, we talked about the step-by-step uh, in terms of what is the actual process. So if folks, if anybody listening is willing to invest up to 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes a day for five days to learn this process, actually with me holding your hand, we even have a Facebook group where I can answer any questions that bubble up for you. We have a free, 100% free five-day challenge. So my promise here is that I'm going to walk you through everything you need to know in order to actually land a media interview by this time next week. But the trick is you have to play full out. So you have to schedule the time and actually do the work because as we all know, knowing stuff it's kind of useless if you don't implement it. Knowing so, is half the battle. Shout out to G.I. Joe. Yeah. That's right. It's half the battle, but only half. And it's not the half that gets you the cupcake. Just saying. <laughs> that's a call. <laughs> so if, you know, we'll work for cupcake money. But no, seriously, though, um, Baby Got Booked 
ed.com. So baby got booked, ed.com forward slash challenge. And you'll be able to find me there and all of the people who are getting kick-ass results. So you get to come and play in our community, which is really fun. Um, if you're not sure, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I don't really know if media is the right fit for my business and my style and my personality. We have a three minute quiz that we created. So it's like literally it'll take you three minutes to fill out. It's really simple. It's kind of funny. I, I like to think, and I'm funny. I'm funny in my country. I've decided. I think um, you're funny. <laughs> I'm laughing the whole time. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a fun quiz. If nothing else at the end of three minutes, you will be entertained and you will have a clearer sense of whether the media is the right fit for your business. That's babygotbooked.com forward slash the numeral three. So three hyphen minute hyphen quiz. Cool. So awesome. we can, we'll put those all in the show notes. That's fantastic. And then, you know, I write for Inc. I write for Entrepreneur. I write for Huffington Post. I'm a contributor to Global TV. So if, you know, if you check me out on any of these platforms, um, that's really fun. I have a blog where I share a whole bunch of resources and free information. One of the things that we started doing is um, I, I love to see what works and amplify that. So oftentimes what we'll do is we'll keep up. Uh, I am in our Facebook, our private Facebook community. So this is the people who've purchased my program and are working through it. Um, they share questions, they share results, they share all kinds of stuff in there. And I like to follow what's going on. And then when something is really working for someone, we take their process and template it and then put it in the program for everybody else to enjoy. That that's how I freaking diabolically You just said the brilliant. most magic words, Jeff's whole face oh. just that was so, that's so brilliant and <laughs> diabolical, but like in such a like really like like a resourceful a kind, and a smart kind way, and resourceful way, like in a good way. It, it's like being an evil genius, but being like the good guy version of that. <laughs> as long as I get to wear spandex, baby, yes. um, <laughs> and a cape. No, but again, Wait, you're it, not wearing one right now. I mean, we we brought our podcast spandex in the studio <laughs> today. I thought, yeah, I thought that was a rule. Yeah. Um, um, no, but seriously, it, again, it, 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 it's funny because it, it, people sometimes are like, wow, that's so genius. You're so smart. And I'm like, no, actually, it's because, again, it's not about me. Right. I'm in, in some ways, I'm my own best customer. I, we try a whole bunch of stuff. You we're constantly testing stuff and you'll only hear about the stuff that works because half the stuff we when we bomb, we just don't tell anybody. Um, so we test things when they work. We put them in the program or we you know, reach out to our uh, members and we're like, hey, we just invented this thing. Do you want to try it for free? Like, do you want, you know, we'll send you the template. You don't have to buy it. We'll send it to you and try it and see if it works. And then we get amazing testimonials. Um, and we can also see, you know, does this only work for us? Does it work for other people? And then once we're convinced that this really works, then we sell it. So we actually have a few templates. I don't know if anybody feels like they're struggling with writing really compelling headlines and subject lines. Um, I have a special deal for you if you want it. Um, uh, me. <laughs> that's me. Usually, I'm that person. We have, <laughs> we have a template pack that we sell that's literally fill in the blanks with examples. And this is based on internal training that I received when I joined the Inc. Contributor Network. That's so, incredible. Based on their analytics and shit. It's amazing. And so we created this, this set of, you know, compelling headlines. And we have professional writers who use it for their clients. And it really works. And usually we sell it for $47 and you can get it for seven bucks for a limited time. So it's babygotbooked.com forward slash headlines. 
Oh, we buying that. Uh, <laughs> but not only that, but like, we, so when we do our content strategy sessions with clients, um, we'll, so we do a, kind of a multi-tiered content research and strategy and editorial calendar development uh, process. But mm-hmm. one of the pieces when we're like doing an actual in-person setting is we, we use copy bloggers, magnetic headlines guide, which mm. is also fantastic. It's got like mm-hmm. 30 or 40 different headline formulas. So mm-hmm. when we have these thought leaders and like, you know, actual inside the company people, uh, we sit them down in a room and we come up, you know, we give them all of the topics that we want yes. to cover. And then we're like, here's the headline guide. Now you get to be a headline writer. <laughs> so we give them all the different formulas and they just play with them. So I'll be glad to swap out or, or add, or add, uh, yeah, yeah, your, your head, cause can't hurt to have as many as possible, but you're, you're totally right, right about the headlines. And I think that that's, uh, that's a really great resource. So for all of you out there listening, you should definitely check it out. Yeah, we'll put I'm it in the show excited. notes. Uh, Yeah, and and, and what we've heard from from the people who've used it is that it also helps them hack the holy crap, what do I write about today Mm. problem, right? Because it gives you, it's literally fill in the blank. So you're like, oh yeah, I could do this. We use it in our own team. We use it on the team. So there's that. And then um, that will actually lead you to a page where uh, we have three. So if you want to see if I've got the goods for real without buying the entire program, uh, this is a really great opportunity. And again, it's based on pitches that have actually worked that we've backwards engineered into templates that will take you less than 15 minutes to fill out. And we call them the killer pitches. They're the the three pitches that killed the press release. There's one to land yourself a column uh, or at least an interview. Most of our students, we have a follow-up system that helps you turn a one-off into a column, which is why so many of our students have columns on morning television. I want Uh, that. Right? This will get you through. I'm like, why would you do more work when you could do less? This is my my way of of looking at just about everything. Um, So I'm like, all right. So if we can find a way to give them what they want more, that makes for less work. Everybody wins. Let's do it. So the first one, the first template in the three killer pitches is how to land yourself uh, an invitation to breakfast television or morning television, whatever it's called in your city. Um, The second one is when there's breaking news, you want something that you can fill out in 15 minutes and get it out there so that you can get invited right away. Um, So that's your, you know, subject, pitch yourself as a subject matter expert. And then the third one is how to land coverage for your event, which as we all know, is harder than finding true love. It really is. Yeah. Events are so hard to market to the media. And um, we've used, I've used that. And I actually have a, a primer on, you know, which is a separate product. But I've used that template, though, uh, how to get coverage for an event. Often as a speaker, when I travel to speak, I will help my client out by getting press, not for myself, but for the either the event the conference or the conference itself. Exactly. The conference itself or the people who are organizing the conference and think about what that does to up my value as a speaker. They hired me to go and deliver a speech. Now I'm turning around and saying, hey, um, guess what? I, I just pitched your boss to you know, morning television and they want him. Do you, uh, you know, and then that event planner is like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And then she runs over and, you know, tells their CEO, listen, we got to do a television interview. And the guy's like, how did we land that? And they're like, well, one of our speakers did it. So I get referrals really easily from that. You're such a rock star. I'm so into this. That's, (laughs) that's fantastic. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on and being so generous and for giving away so much information Uh, uh, and yeah. And it sounds like there is a tremendous amount more. So, you know, shareable listeners, we encourage you. Gita clearly knows her shit. So I would strongly advise you go check it out. Um, but 
you know, we just want to thank you for being on here, Gita. You were a phenomenal guest. We really enjoyed Aww, having you. You. Um, you, you, there are so many little clips on here that we could pull out as like one-offs that are hilarious. Uh, <laughs> also super informative. So we're, we're really looking forward to, uh, releasing this out into the wild. So for those of you listening to it right now, after it's been released, we appreciate you. Um, we do so much, so much. So <laughs> this has been another episode of shareable season two. Gita, you've been phenomenal. Caroline, for you and for me, I'm saying this episode was shareable. Nice. Nice. <laughs> there are a few thank yous and shout outs in order. First, I'd like to thank Ray Bueno for all of that sexy production value and a quick thank you to me for producing the show. I'd like to send a shout out to DJ Quads for the use of our theme song, Always, and A. Himitsu for the use of our outro song, Adventures. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jay Gibbard, and you can follow me at Caroline Sohn. You can follow the show at shareable underscore pod and just at shareable podcast on everything else. That means Facebook, Instagram, everything. You can email us at sharablepodcast at gmail.com or subscribe to our email list at sharablepodcast.com slash subscribe. Do all the things. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating. Review us on iTunes. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. I don't know. She might like it. <laughs>